You're listening to Fortnite Podcast with your host, Too Loud TX and Monster Defense. What up, what up, what up, and welcome back to another episode of the Fortnite Podcast. I'm your host, Monster Deface, and today we have the one, the only, 112K representing for the EU boys all the way across the pond. Levin, what's going on, my brother? Hey, man, I'm good. I'm excited to, to be talking about some Fortnite action today, so hopefully we can, uh, you know, get into the good stuff. Oh. Thank you for having me on. Oh, yes, we are. You know, we're going to get into the good stuff. We're going to get into all that epic juice for all you guys tuning in from home. First off, we want to say thank you guys for tuning into another episode of the Fortnite podcast. More importantly, bring us something different. I know normally we'd have Too Loud TX and myself here, but we want to introduce a new voice to the to the scene here, a new kind of introductory level to competitive for all the competitions. So this is going to be a bonus episode for our listeners that need a little more from the Fortnite podcast. With that being said, we're jumping right into the topics of discussion here with Levin, and it's going to be based around the FNCS Solos announcement. Levin, I want you to break down what is the FNCS Solos? What is this announcement for all of our listeners at home that haven't quite got Twitter or aren't caught up with the competitive scene? So uh, I'm, I'm not too sure how long ago actually now, but a couple hours ago, you know, we were we were struck by by the FN competitive Twitter lords, and uh, they essentially dropped an announcement to a blog post that explains that we will have FNCS Invitational. Um, essentially, it's just going to be a solo FNCS in which players are invited um, from all, all the grand finals of the past FNCSs. Players will be invited, and there will also be slots available for people to qualify and uh, partake in FNCS Invitational. And um, it's it's it, it took everyone, it took everyone by storm, really, right? Obviously, Invitational competition isn't something we've seen for an incredibly long time, right? You know, back I can remember we had uh, people being invited to like events based off of you know. Uh, uh, what was the solo showdowns and whatnot? So it's yeah. been a while since we've had something like this. Um, so I think it excited a lot of people. Um, in terms of actual format, I know a lot of people were a bit confused. It can be a bit complicated. So hopefully uh, we can we can kind of break that down to 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 line up for people. Oh, we'll we'll definitely be breaking down the format and how to qualify, guys. But before I get there, dude, we're like in the middle of we we were just like two weeks ago in the hashtag rest in peace for uh, peace Fortnite. <laughs> parade right like all like everyone was in the slums it looked like competitive was never going to be taken serious all of a sudden it almost feels like epic heard us loud and clear and although they didn't give us that attention on social media they definitely delivered right with this announcement Oh yeah, it's um, it's really exciting to see, right? Obviously, this has been a big week for Epic in general, right? Obviously, the Travis event was yesterday; it was massive, and you know, coming off the back of like you said, people saying "Rip Fortnite," it it just shows that like, hey, look, this this game is nowhere near um rip at all. Yeah. <laughs> um, this is, like it's it's good right especially because i think the rip fortnite kind of came so like um so it became a big deal just because of the fact that we were told we're gonna have to wait what an extra two or so months before the season actually ends and, and i think the biggest thing was that people were kind of saying hey look we don't want to have nothing after fncs jurors we don't want to have to wait and do nothing for the next two months give us something to compete for for so um you know this is this is big this is really big and it's crazy they timed it so perfectly i think like someone mentioned all that we need now is the full competitive roadmap because they gave us a bunch of dates for this solo competition kind of coming forwards. And let's talk about it. Let's talk about 
how Epic is listening to the community so that the listeners, again, can kind of realize why it is that the competitive atmosphere suddenly is in such a good mood. We have a format change. We have something that we haven't seen introduced, a new format officially backed by Epic since who knows how long, right? We're talking way back like Winter Royale days since there was an actual new format. Levin, I don't know if you have the numbers, but I can take this away if you don't. You do you know how the format is going to work and how it's going to break this down? Um, I have a rough, I have a rough idea of like week to week how it's going to break down, but I'm I don't have the numbers up right now. Okay, um, I can so try and get them up. so I'll I'll pull these numbers really quickly right here. Eliminations from they used to be worth one point. They're not going to be worth four points in the game, guys. Format for scoring in placements used to be worth only 10 points for the victory out now it's going to be worth 33 points guys so they've uh, roughly not only given more placement points from first but they also extended the amount of placements all the way down to 75th rewarding more consistency for professional players out there in the past you had to finish like top 15 to top 10 just to get some placement points now they're rewarding it all the way down to 75th place which means the best of the best, the most consistent are going to be able to earn points. So the new format is crazy good. And then, of course, we talk about this whole invitational process. Let's talk about the invitational process here, Levin. Yeah, it's um, it's it's really interesting, right? Because obviously um, we have they're inviting the top 100 players from from Chapter 2, Season 2, PC, FNCS Finals, um, top 100 players from Chapter 2, Season 2, Console, FNCS Finals. Um, top 100 from Chapter 2, Season 1, FNCS Finals. So that was squads, right? And they're inviting the top 100 um, players from the Season X FNCS Finals, which was Trio. So it's going to be interesting to see, like, the fact that they're, you know, they're kind of taking all of the top, you know, finalists from from every single FNCS and every every sort of major competition we've had since the World Cup. it's, it's, It's great because it means that for the most part, all of our favorite pro players are going to, you know, kind of be instantly qualified to, to partake. Um, and then and then the fact that they still have 100 um, spots available for, for open qualification means, you know, newer players have an opportunity to kind of get on the scene. So considering the last time we saw an actual solo competition backed by Epic was the Fortnite World Cup, that's, that's like almost a year ago now. Can we even have a favorites list? Like the only other solo competition, the only other solo dynamic we saw on the main stage was DreamHack. Is it is it even in the question to be talking about right now? Like who's going to be the best? Yeah, it's it's one of those things where I think a lot of people kind of, you know, chalk it up to, to you know, previous kind of results. And, and, you know, a lot of people obviously have their favorites. And I, th- and I think it is kind of fair to necessarily have favorites. Um but in terms of actually having, you know, some some sort of prediction, I think it's kind of it, it's a bit outlandish to try chalk up some sort of prediction, right? Obviously, in terms of solos within this meta, we haven't seen any sort of high level solos in this meta yet. Obviously, like you said, DreamHack was the last kind of big thing we had, but even that was um, played on the old season, um, and and that was land competition, right? So so even even like even worse in terms of like you know kind of kind of figure out who's the best who's not um 
it, it, it's, it's, I don't think you can have any sort of prediction. It, we haven't seen enough high-level solos, especially with a new format as well. Like, it, it, there's too many variables, too many variables. The, the only competition we've seen was DreamHack and the Elite Cup. And in and, and those two, yes, we saw a different result at the very end, but still... I, I'm also with you on that one. I don't know if we can actually come up with a with a final kind of statement. Now, here's a question. We're going to be drawing a lot of questions from the chat here, guys. We got a lot of community-driven questions. One of them being, do you think controller players are going to be dominating? The way the points work in this, Levin, eliminations are worth more. If you divide four points to the victory royale of 33, eliminations are worth eight and a half, or eight and a half eliminations equal victory royale. In the old format, 10 eliminations equal to victory royale so for players that were like super aggro heavy mainly controller players as we know it do you think they're going to dominate even more so now will that create another firestorm underneath the community's eyes um i i actually think people kind of have forgotten necessarily um how dominant controller players were with the last time we did have any sort of competition i think savage winning um dreamhack and, and having a lot of mouse and keyboard players do well at dreamhack has kind of clouded people's minds if you actually look before dreamhack controller players were were dominating solos and now with a point system which you know favors eliminations the way it does I think we're going to see, you know, a new wave of just controller dominance just wreak havoc upon every single lobby. And um, I think it's going to be super, super interesting to see how mouse and keyboard players kind of react to it. Yo, you know what? I didn't really think about that, but you're totally right. There was definitely like this cloud, right? This blanket thrown over the, the community's eyes, the wool over the sheep's yeah. eyes, especially when, when Savage took away the, the victory there. Now, here's another question. Will the Fortnite competitive loop loophole do you think it needs to change for fncs solos there's already like henchmen that can body you in duos i mean we saw that over over the fncs duos competition the championship weekend dude like are henchmen gonna get adjustment what about the loophole in the game is it equipped for for solos and should we be optimistic for an update that's gonna come out soon um i'm i'm when it comes to the loophole i think it's gonna be interesting because Obviously, there's a lot of, you know, there's been a lot of conversation around kind of the balance of the game in terms of having mythic items. Obviously, like you said, the henchmen, especially being able to drop heavy snipers and whatnot. Um, I think I think I want I want to kind of see some some more high level scrims and whatnot, see how things are kind of shaping up there. Because if if you if we're seeing trends like if we're seeing players who are landing at the mythic spots be more successful, then obviously then I think you can kind of have the conversation of you know balancing out the loophole somehow, or figuring out um, where things need to be changed. But at the moment, apart from a couple of the the, the items that people kind of really bash on um, being potentially taken out or, or, or nerfed, I, I I don't see any major problems. With, with the loophole. Oh, I think that's going to be a little bit of a heated debate right there for sure. Oh man, we're going to we're going to definitely be hopeful though because there's an update coming up confirmed for next week. Uh as from Epic's words themselves. So, I just I just want to kind of touch on it. Do we feel like Epic is moving in the rec- the right direction now? Now that we have competition kind of coming back around town it seems like all of a sudden we're, we're on the old track there's there's things happening there's events happening there's travis scott's happening do you think epic <laughs> is moving in the right direction right now um i it's it's hard to say because as much as this is great i i want to kind of caution people to to not necessarily get too excited right Ooh. Um, I, I, I think there is still some underlying issues um, that, that we kind of 
you know, I want to see in terms of like behavioral changes, right? Obviously, I want to see kind of more communication, you know, you know, epic, whether they will address some of the, the you know, the glaring problems that people kind of have been complaining about. Because as much as, you know, the Rip Fortnite comments are gone, a lot of the actual problems that people had with um, which led them to say Rip Fortnite haven't been addressed yet. Right. Like they, uh, we've, we've been given an event, which is great, but we've not, you know, had the problems addressed that that we need address you know in terms of maybe servers you know leaderboard problems um i think we're going to get onto this later right but like things like uh stream sniping and teaming and che- cheating and the banning system like there's still a bunch of problems that still haven't necessarily been addressed right um and, and so as much as this event is great and it's good that they're kind of trying something new in terms of format etc which is one thing that i've really wanted for a while um, I think we shouldn't necessarily get too excited, right? I, I think um, as a community, we should still continue on the path we're, do- we're, we're going on, right? We want to see practice server doing more. We want to see, you know, all the, all the content creators doing more and providing more. So uh, I don't think we should we should necessarily panic or get too excited. No, you know what? I, let, let's get to that. Let's talk about the problems at large here that the community is still facing that Epic probably needs to address. Um, I want to kick things off. Is there a world where Epic can actually efficiently attack people that are stream sniping, ghosting, cheating? I, I suggested this before. Do we need some kind of limits on the delay that all streamers are using? Like, do we even sanction live streams anymore? Will Epic return or broadcast, right? Like, how do we attack stream sniping? Do you do you have a game plan or do you think that there's something that Epic should be doing right now, Lovin? Um, I think it's a, it's a matter of, um, just like the community and and how we kind of treat it because in terms of Epic, like that's something that's going to be really hard to police, right? Like, yeah, I think managing who can, unless they just say nobody can stream, which would be, I think too problematic and too controversial. Um, I think it's going to be really, really difficult to try police something like that. Um, one thing that I like do kind of think, right, is that when you look at other esports um, and other competitive games, I don't necessarily see a lot of pro players in other games streaming their their like POV um, when when they're actually um, playing in tournaments and whatnot. Um, and mainly because, right, people have access to you know broadcasts and people who can do viewing parties using their, their those games in game spectator tools. And I think really, as much as people really enjoy watching their favorite players. I think if we had um, more access to, you know, the, the the tools available, like the Spectre client, et cetera, I think a lot of people wouldn't necessarily mind just, you know, watching people who are doing broadcast or viewing parties using those tools rather than having everybody have to stream. You know, what's also crazy, name another game where the professional players actually scrim against one another before the tournament day, right? Like literally play their hand, give away their hand. There is yeah. no other game that actually uh, that, that, uh, that I know of that people in the pro scene play their entire hand to other pros. Yeah. But do you think that do you think that kind of plays into the fact that this is a battle royale, right? I feel like with other games, there's um there's levels of strategy where like it's it's more e- like it's a lot easier to play your hand, right? If you played like one of the teams you're gonna play against um the day before. Like you're gonna give away practically everything, um, especially if you if you're you're playing a bunch of scrims. Whereas in Fortnite, because it's a battle royale, there's so much RNG, game to game. Things are so different a lot of the time that it, it doesn't necessarily factor in. I mean, like that's just my thought. I I, I want to if you if you kind of think the same. I that. mean, and here's the thing: in some degree, I do. But then you look at players like Bizzle or Zat or Zayt and Saf who 
they never stream their practices. Why, mm. why is it that they don't stream their practices? It's because they understand the value, right? Mm. Yeah, that, that's definitely true. And I think with certain players, um, there is a lot of value in not actually streaming your gameplay because um, not even to, to kind of bash on, on certain levels of player, certain skills, um, like certain players, watching them, like you're not necessarily going to be able to pick up much in terms of what they actually do strategically just because they play maybe a more run and gun loose kind of style of play. Whereas um, people like like Zayn Saf, Aqua and Stompy, they have like kind of what I'd call defaults and things that you can see like patterns within their gameplay. So I feel like watching them you'd be able to pick up so much just by watching them over and over again to the point where, it, like you said, it, it'd be giving up too much of their hand, which is why I think it's, it's, it's way better for, for those kind of players to not stream. So we're in a place right now where Fortnite is pushing for the competitive ecosystem, obviously. We, we've seen a new page being turned with this whole invitee system. The way the qualifiers are going to work, players are going to be able to you know take a shot if you think you are the best. And then go against the best to, to finally make it to grand finals. Now we're also seeing the other side of things. We're seeing the content being pushed. The Travis Scott concert was, in my opinion, one of the most successful events. I don't know if you got to log in or not, but bro, it was crazy. The, the, the world was changing. It literally like made it feel like, oh snap, this is what they brought in the chaos engine for. You know what I mean? Like yeah. It was something that was never before experienced in the Fortnite event. Is there a world where content and competitive can coexist and if so i want to start providing solutions for you know epic to listen into and for everyone else to consider when it comes down to fortnite is there a world where content and competitive can exist together oh a hundred percent i i i love that show yesterday i did who did you watch it with anyone in particular yeah i watched it with my 11 year old it was pretty awesome uh, was, <laughs> we're, we're enjoying great. it but I was I was watching it with my cousin and like he was screaming, I was screaming, I woke my mom up, like it was it was crazy. It was a good night. Um I, I genuinely think competitive and content can work um together hand in hand. And I think it just depends on um being able to 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 let Epic understand what we like to see, right? Like I think um you know, I've had a lot of players who they don't really like, for example, at World Cup, right? People didn't I know a lot of people who didn't really like the creative World Cup. Right. Um, I know a lot of people who aren't a fan of programs um, and the way they currently do programs. Right. So maybe have it so that something like the Travis Scott concert, we have that happen in a show right before the World Cup. Right. Or like Ooh. the World Cup. Right? Let's say like let's say it's a LAN event. Right. Before the LAN event starts, before the actual final start, do something like the Travis Scott show. Do a big in-game event that not only people at the actual LAN um, can enjoy, but the whole world can enjoy. And then, right, let's say let's say they did something like the Travis Scott event um, right before the World Cup finals, right? Um, Travis Scott event pulled in, what, like 12 million people? 12 million. Um, then imagine if now you direct all those people right to your big competitive event right after like that big event happens. That would be that would be so so great for for competitive for whoever's involved in the event. Like it would just be great for all of us together. So I think I think there's ways to kind of make them work hand in hand. Um, but I definitely want to see the the content side of Fortnite um, start to make a, a sort of revival, if anything. No, I agree. I mean, there was a little list in there that Epic specifically threw in 100 players invited by Epic that they kind of choose. You got to think about it. That that list of 100 players is going to have our, our favorite names, right? Maybe people like Cypher PK, maybe people like 
you know, Nick Merckx, advocates that are, or, or names that are household in the Fortnite scene, but, you know, maybe they don't perform at the best on the competitive stage, but they like to be a part of the tournaments, right? People that can bring in the numbers. Um, I, I sort of feel like Epic understands that, and they're, they're starting to work towards that right now, and that, that's what I want to see most. I want to see, will, be, will Epic make good decisions on pushing the narrative and, and drawing in the attention to, to, to bring in the attention, right? And, and give credit to where, where it's kind of deserved within the competitive scene. That's what I feel like we're missing most. I feel like even the casters involved, and I might be biased to this, but hey, we need, like, we need more of that platform, right? We're all in this together. Just look at how we didn't have any official broadcast for the last two FNCSs, and it was community-driven to bring that to the table. This is the time now, right, where we need not just competitions, but we need Epic to start supporting it. Put us on the platform. Put us on front in front of everyone. Yeah, hundred percent, right? Like I obviously, um, you know, had had my PC problems when when we were doing the the practice server broadcast, right? But I was still obviously in those group chats. And, and for all of you listeners, listen. I was able to observe some of the hardest working people, like the, the, the guys at Practice Server working on production behind the scenes, the casters, like everybody, just the amount of work that was put into that was ridiculous, right? And the support was, was even more ridiculous, right? People enjoy broadcasts. People enjoy broadcasts. And not only do they just enjoy broadcast, they enjoy the personalities that we have involved, right? Next yeah. time Epic do any sort of official broadcast, hopefully very soon and hopefully for this invitational, get those same people involved because the community love them. We we understand the community better than anyone else, right? We know how to drive these storylines. We know how to drive these narratives. You know, get, you know like we, we can essentially make things great and and with the backing of epic and the support of epic there's no reason why it wouldn't be you know just amazing yeah and if you don't know guys i actually run the entire practice server I, i'm behind uh you know kind of pushing for the story to be to be showcased to the greater good of the community a lot of it is just you know free work as the community bands together and like levin said more importantly it's not easy. It's really not easy to, to bring it all together. And it shouldn't be in our ballpark to be able to do that. So I am also, again, as much as I love to kind of step up to the play and take on the challenge, man, I want to see Fortnite. I want to see Fortnite deliver. I want to see that old Fortnite spirit because there's something just different about having them forward facing outwards, pushing the entire story, making us, you know, be taken a lot more seriously. Um, talking about people and taking things seriously dude epic invited a hundred console and mobile players there's already the debate right that we're gonna this is a, this is a hot topic the pro scene i don't know why so many people were hating on console tourneys and having these big prizes but i kind of feel like epic heard the backlash and like you know what what happens if we put these guys in with all the PC slayers? Like, <laughs> Levin, I want to hear your hot take on this. Are they going to get stomped out or are they going to be able to step up and shut up the PC guys? Like, let's keep it real here. Hey, I love all my controller players. Not controller, not even controller players. I love all my console players. I love all my mobile players. And yeah. some of them are insane. But these guys are gonna get washed, man. They, they don't stand a <laughs> they don't stand a chance, man. Like I, I'll, I'll be real. Like I've I, I it's 
just it's not even just as a matter of just skill, but like the, the playing on the console, like the performance on console, like these games are gonna be stacked. These are the best pro players for the most part over like every single FNCS we've had. Like these are gonna be incredibly stacked. The end games are just gonna be the, the consoles aren't going to be able to, to to just support the amount of people in Endgame. You're not going to have a great playing experience, probably. And and quite frankly, it's uh, you're not. Here, here's the I, thing, Levin. I as much as I want to agree with you, I got a feeling some people are going to shut some some of these guys up. We're going to see some of the same names that are like talking about how no one on a console or mobile is going to be able to keep up. And all of a sudden, just pop off in solos and make it a grand finals. I really do think we'll see a name or two probably shine all the way through uh, against all odds. And call it luck, call it luck if you will, guys. But I got a feeling someone on their ten frames per second console is probably going to make it happen. To, to be honest, though, what I don't think a lot of people realize about the the console qualifiers is that actually. Um, a lot of the people who played on console for the last season of duos are PC players who just moved to console because they felt like there'd be less competition and so that they could secure money better. So actually, a lot of the people who qualified for the console um, through, the, through the top 100 console players, I actually think will be um, people who are native PC players. And so actually, we, we, you know, it might not be as bad as you say. So like, like maybe you're right in the sense of there will be some names who obviously qualified through console who do well just because they are going to be back playing on PC um, is what I, is what I think will probably happen. Um, but like you, you are right, man. There, there could be a couple of names that slip through the cracks. I, like I've seen um, cash cups, right, where like mobile players will place relatively high. Um, this was obviously before I think things were kind of split, um, and they had like the one the, the day where there's just everybody plays um, one cash cup. Like we've seen controller players and console players and mobile players, you know, do well in, in those games. So. You never know. You never know, really. All right. We're we're kind of bending the, the tail end here of our overall discussions. Levin, is there any other big topics that we want to kind of touch on before we conclude today's episode? Um, I kind of want to ask you in terms of like uh, like the actual preparation going into this, right? Um, I'm not sure what date does it start? It starts very this is, soon. This right? is starting next week, Saturday. So for the yeah. listeners, whenever you download this, May 2nd, it's, it's coming up hot. In, in, in terms of the actual preparation, like NA East, not so much. NA West, not so much. But like E, we have a big, big practice problem. You know, practice doesn't get done quite right here. Um, and mainly it's down just to, to the actual pro players involved. I want, I'm, I'm wondering how people are going to be preparing for this, you know, solo competition. I know some of my friends who are coaches in the scene have told me that their DMs went from dry to literally a hundred plus messages um, <laughs> just within minutes of the announcement. Like people will want to take this seriously. What kind of preparation kind of goes into it? Oh, man. So Rojo, who we at the practice server have put in charge of the EU region, he's already turning up the gears here, trying to gather a list of people that he believes are going to be on that invitee list, right? Because we still don't know who's going to actually make it all the way to the end. But we have a fair idea, right? We know we know who are our best of the best. Or we know the Mitros, the Benjis, the Savages, right? Like, we know who's going to be there. We don't know everyone just yet. But, I mean, the practice server tries our best, even with our open EUs, EU opens for scrims. All of our discords now are in full-on solo gear preparation mode. So solo scrims right now are super high in East Opens, all the way down to the Prac Opens. Yeah, 
I I I really can't wait to to kind of see um what 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 kind of goes down, man. Like I like to pay attention to scrim results where I can, and 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 I want to just see kind of who's you know on on fire going into it. Obviously, I know um, we can't like we like we said earlier, it's hard to make actual predictions for who will do well. But in terms of favorites, like you know, we I guess we could discuss people who are favorites. Obviously, an obvious one would be Savage. You know, winning the last kind of big solo competition coming into things Buga has that kind of weight on his shoulders you know mm. being the world cup champion you know will he Dude, I don't know to... I'm not gonna lie I feel like <laughs> I feel like he's out of the question right now in in us in the solos the thing about solos man is it, it was so long ago it's just a different dynamic and I mean even under the team-based modes he was a lot more relevant right he was coming up him and stretch were popping off but yeah. but who's who is going to be the the actual solo carry? Who's going to be able to pop off? I know Kanata. I feel like Kanata is someone who's underrated. He came in twelfth in the finals for DreamHack, but coming through the the qualifiers and whatnot, and and some of the other cash cups, etc. Unknown Kanata. There's a few names like Nosh, right? I think the people oh, yeah. we really need to look at are the solo cash cup warriors. All of a sudden, no. this is their playground. And, and and that's going to be really important because actually if you if you look at the format um, on a week-to-week basis, there isn't much custom games, right? There's not going to be many custom games until the actual grand final. I don't think there's any customs until no. the actual grand finals. So, you know, that kind of open format where, you know, you're queuing game to game, it's it's, it's going to be big for those cash cut players who, who do well in that format. Like you, you mentioned Canada, right? A lot of people don't realize in terms of um, season um, chapter two, season one, Kanada actually had the best um, prof- like season of, of any player in NA um, East in terms of just actual placements in cash cups, in FNCS squads, in Winter Royale. He had like so many good placements. Like you said, he went incredibly underrated. Right. And so he's definitely going to be someone who I want to see if he kind of um, is able to dominate in this kind of format where there's less custom games. Hey, well, listen here, Levin. We're going to make it a date to tune in to the next episode where right after the qualifiers all go down, the 20 games from the Opens, the invites go out. We'll pick up this discussion and see who's going to be on top of the food chain, and then we can start beginning our predictions piece. But other than that, I'm going to go ahead and leave you the floor here to give everyone a nice big shout out. Give yourself a shout out so that you can uh, tell the listeners at home where to find you. Hey, I appreciate you letting me on the show today, man. I can't wait to pick up this discussion. Um, if you wanna, if you wanna interact with me, guys, follow me on Twitter at eleven two k. That's eleven without the e at the beginning. Two k, and, and and that's what I go by on, on all um, platforms: YouTube, Instagram, Twitch. I'm gonna be back doing some some more player interviews soon once my PC comes in. So, if you want me to interview, you know, one of your favorite players, just kind of tweet at me who it is. Um, tweet at them so I can get in contact with them a lot easier. And uh, yeah, man. All right. All right, Fortnite fam. That was your boy, Levin. You know where to find them at 112K across all social medias. As always, guys, us here. Follow us at the Fortnite Podcast. Send all of your complaints to me, monsterdface at the Fortnite Podcast at gmail.com. And as always, if you want to find my content, you can find me at monsterdface on all social medias. And as always, dance out those kills and boast in those victory royales. Mm